Welcome to the Insider Safe Place for Men podcast show. Because every male survivor deserves hope, healing, support, and a BMW. And here's your male survivor, leadership coach, and hypnotherapist, Thomas Edward. Hey, what's up? What's up, everybody? Hey, good morning. You know, good Friday morning to all you guys out there in the safe place world. All right, yes, this is Coach T coming to you for us from Sacramento, California. And hey, you know, I woke up this morning and I'm a little bit late. I know usually I'm up in the podcast, you know, it's down like, you know, at six because I'm up doing stuff and. Um, but man, this morning I got up and there was just some stuff that kind of delayed me just a little bit there. So I had to, you know, take a step back and, and deal with some stuff, some issues already early in the morning. It was like five o'clock. And, uh, I, so, so I did that and I'm like, okay, so let me, you know, head on in, head into the office. But then I was like, oh, but wait a minute, I've got these other things that I need to do. And so, but the cool thing was when I got up this morning and I, and I, I wake up and I walk outside, right? And, uh, you know, usually it's like by eight or nine o'clock, you know, in the morning, it's already like 90 degrees, 80, whatever. And so I walk out and I'm like, there's some clouds. I know there's not going to be any rain, but there's some clouds and it's cloudy and it's like 66 degrees outside. And so I look at the, the weather, you know, uh, forecast for today and I'm like, it's not going to break triple digits today. It's only going to be up through nineties, <laughs> up in the nineties. So I'm like, Oh, what a, what a relief. Right. And so I'm like, this is great. This is, this is wonderful. Now, those of you, of course, over on the uh, East coast now starting to experience, you know, some of this hot weather. Ooh, yeah. Now you kind of know what it's, it's like. Um, but yeah, you know, just grateful, grateful for the small stuff. So I got up, I'm like, Oh, you know, thank you for a roof over my head. Thank you for cool weather. Thank you for, you know, a car that I get to drive into the office today and do the podcast and just just trying to be grateful and thankful for so many things. Right. And so I am definitely thankful and grateful for the cool weather. So Safe Place Crew, how have you guys been doing out there? How are things going for you? I mean, you know, there's just so many things, of course, in this world we can like focus on. I'm going to say you know, from, you know, inflation to gas prices to food, whatever, and, you know, wars and all those different type of things. But, you know, it's like when you just take the time just to be grateful for so many things, it really does change your world. You know, sometimes what I'll do just to make sure I kind of stay in that phase or in that, you know, like, so instead of like driving my car somewhere, sometimes I'll actually walk to wherever I'm going. So it might be, you know, two or three miles, whatever away. And I'll just walk. And, uh, you know, of course, then it's hot and I'm sweating. But it's just to make me, to remind me to appreciate the car. So when I do get in it and I can turn the air conditioner, I'm like, oh, I'm so grateful that I have a car. You know, I can put gas in it and I can go places in the air conditioning because it's just different, you know, when you're out there and, and you're walking in it. And it's interesting because there's like uh, two older guys here at the office and like every, uh, probably every couple of hours, they just do their walk, right? And they just get out and they just walk around the complex, the office complex, and kind of talk with each other and just, you know, just enjoying what's there and being grateful for those things, right? So that's really important and that's really key. 
All right, so what are we going to talk a little bit about today? Well, of course, I had some coaching sessions, and usually when things come up in coaching sessions, I just share them with you. So then, um, of course, then they're on the top of my mind, but then maybe it's something that, you know, you might be dealing with because the other person that I was coaching was actually dealing with it. And so hopefully it gives you some insights. And so uh, if you want to know more about insights, of course, go up to the website, safeplaceforman.com and see my little video there on insights. Um, I think most people have probably run into the whole logo thing, but if you haven't, just go up and take a look at it and uh, you'll understand what we mean by insights and how they actually help to accelerate our healing. And so it's really important. And that's one of the things about here at Safe Place. That's what we're trying to do. We're trying to give those insights so that, you know, you don't have to sit there for five, ten years and like, man, what's going Oh, you know what? Bing, there it is. There's my aha or my Satori moment, of course, as it's called. Um, so, yeah, that's one of the things. All right. So stunted development or stuck in trauma or arrested development, however you want to, want to call it. So this is kind of what I was what I was dealing with um, in the coaching session. I'm just going to kind of say it this way. There's a lot of us out there, you know, we look like we're grown up, <laughs> but actually we aren't, right? And so, you know, we, we walk around in our suits and in our, in our briefcases, you know, our car keys and annuity because this person I was dealing with was an executive, right? And so kind of, you know, pulling from from that. But on the inside, we're five, we're 12, or we're 16, right? Even though we might be sitting in boardrooms, we might be traveling the world, you know, writing books, doing all these different things. But on the inside, we are kids, okay? And we're kind of, I'm going to say, still playing dress up from that perspective. Even though our bodies, they've matured, our, our, our minds uh, maybe there were some areas that they were kind of stuck in or stunted in, or those areas were arrested. And so then oftentimes in, in the coaching session, when we're talking about safe place, but man, what we're trying to do is we're trying to bring, I'm going to say that mind, stunted mind, stunted development stage up to where it should be, where we are in the world. And so what happens is be, because of being stuck in that state, arrested, what we do is we feel left out in the adult world in some areas, right? And so, and we know this, we get this. And so we just kind of feel like maybe we don't fit in or we're speaking, we're speaking in a code or something that no one gets or no one understands. And so sometimes this is, you know, referred to as, I'm going to say in the psychology world, when I was doing my graduate study, we would call it arrested development and pretty much what it is, is just, and not the song, you guys. I remember there was, a, wasn't there a movie? Um, oh, yeah, there was that one with, uh, was it Justin Bateman? The, the comedy one arrested development with the family. And then there was also, for those of you that are old enough, there was a, a group, a singing group called Arrested Development. But we're not talking about that. So we're talking about uh, Arrested Development from, uh, it's a term, and it's a term that describes a condition. And so, what it does, it arises when you're, you're stuck, when a person is stuck, I'm going to say in their early phases of emotional development. Okay, so think about that. So that area is arrested. And now this arrested or stunted state often results from some type of trauma, you know, grief or neglect, right? And so that means it can occur 
when you're a child, when you're a preteen, when you're an adolescent, whatever, you know, um, when you're subject to experience, whatever that is, and you weren't able to resolve it. So just think about, you know, some traumatic life event that causes you, let's say, as the child to become stuck at a particularly psychological um, development for an extended period of time. And so that's what happens, you know. So guys are coming to me and we're coaching and we're working on things and they're stuck. They're psychologically stuck in this period for an extended amount of time because they haven't been able to resolve it. Maybe they haven't had the tools to resolve it or no one shared with them some insights that's going to actually help them to resolve or move them faster. And so in those areas, we might seem a bit, you know, immature when we're talking about development or you just might feel like you're frozen in an earlier stage. Okay, so if I were to kind of give you a little bit of the the background around this, and see if I can still remember my studies from, from psychology, um, and I think it was Erickson, if I'm not mistaken, Erickson was the one uh, who came up with, I think it was eight stages, if I'm not thinking improperly, eight stages of like of development. And so he would suggest that, you know, our identity, our ego and stuff develops, of course, your entire life in those eight specific, you know, stages. So anyway, I was working with, uh, I was coaching and working with an individual. And you guys know, since that's kind of where I'm coming from and working with, you know, okay, what developmental stage has, you know, been arrested or stunted by the trauma or the abuse. And now we're still stuck in that as adults. And I remember, um, we're talking about Erickson, his theory kind of was, you know, you got the different stages, you know, infancy, toddler, pre-age, adolescent, whatever, middle age, older adult, you got all these different type of stages. And so oftentimes when I'm working with someone, you know, we're just doing some different um, uh, techniques and, and questions and stuff that help us to kind of see, well, where are we at? What area has been kind of arrested or stunted when we talk about that psychological, that emotional um, development? And so, you know, you got things from just, you know, basic trust versus mistrust. Um, you know, you got autonomy, right? And that's that's really important, especially when we think about uh, abuse. It's like autonomy. Well, what's, what's that? I didn't have control or autonomy over my body because someone else was doing that, you know, which then might be creating, of course, the shame and, and the doubt. Um, you know, you got the whole um, initiative kind of stage versus the, the guilt um, see, I think when, when we were talking, we were talking about the stage, um, of inferiority when you're actually feeling inferior. So industry versus inferiority. Um, and then, and for, for this individual, one of the issues for them is their abuse took place during, uh, how was he said somewhere between like 12 and 14. And so then for this person, um, the whole arrested state of development was the whole identity versus identity confusion, right? So, and we all know that, man, can you remember junior high, junior high and, you know, high school, that little state going in between you trying to figure out who you are. And so then imagine that the sexual abuse takes place during that developmental growth stage. And so now you're trying to figure, you're already trying to figure out your identity, who you are in the world. And that really does give us some identity confusion or or can. Um, and then uh, let's see, what was this other stage? Oh, uh, intimacy versus isolation, right? Intimacy versus isolation. And you guys have heard uh, Scotty on 
previous, previous podcast before where we were talking about um, him being in kind of that stunted, arrested development, uh, the intimacy versus the isolation, and then how for him one of the <laughs> defensive mechanisms that he was using was the promiscuity because he was stuck in that state, right? And then, of course, um, integrity versus despair and uh, generalities versus stagnation or generation actually versus stagnation. So there are tons of these when we're talking about the arrested development, but I'm going to hit um, maybe three or four that I actually covered in the coaching session that I was coaching and working with this individual. And so one of the areas for for him that was stunted was this, um, I'm going to say self-acceptance. That would be the best way to kind of put it. And so when we think about, you know, self-acceptance, self-acceptance, it's going to be defined, you know, when uh, as an individual that we actually accept, I'm going to say all of our attributes, positive and negative, right? So it doesn't just mean that you have all these positive affirmations all the time when we're talking about self-acceptance, but you accept those about yourself that you feel maybe that aren't up to par or where you want them to be. And so what it means when we're talking about self-acceptance, when that area is in arrested development or is stunted, some of the issues that we might be dealing with is it's very difficult for us to accept self. And so that could be, you know, with this individual, it was for him from the perspective. And this person like, um, Oh, he's very physically fit. Let me put it, let me put it that way. Very physically, you know, fit to the point where you know he has a low, you know, whatever BMI, you know, body mass, you know, index, and you know he works out. I mean, he's almost shredded, you know, type of type of type of athlete. And so you would figure, okay, somebody like that, they would be able to accept kind of their body, right? And yet, from that emotional, psychological perspective, it's difficult for him to even embrace. And I'm like, yo, bro, bro, look, you're great, man. You're you're a handsome dude, and you work out, you're shredded. I mean, come on. And so, but it's hard for him to actually accept that part of him. And so we were doing some some work. We actually did some, actually some um, hypnosis work uh, to, to trace it back kind of to where was that actually coming from? And so when we talk about self-acceptance, though, self-acceptance, when we're not stuck, then what it means is self-acceptance is unconditional. In other words, I can recognize my weakness, but I can still fully accept myself. So like we said, we embrace both. But when it's been stunted, when it's been arrested, that part of the development then self-acceptance is, can be difficult for us, I'm going to say, to manage. All right, so that's, that was one of the ones that we, that we dealt with. Here is another one, and this, these, these all kind of feed into each other. That's the reality when we're thinking about this. Um, but the, the other area, or another area that was arrested or stunted was, I'm going to say, a clear sense of identity. <laughs> now, we, as soon as we say that, we're like, well, who, <laughs> who really knows who they are, Right. And so when we're talking about understanding identity, you know, identity often is thought of kind of as this, um, this overarching sense and, and view of yourself. So 
Think of it as a, a stable sense of identity, which means you're able to see yourself as the same person in the past, in the present, and in the future. Because you have a clear sense of identity. You know who you are. And so then in addition to that, that stable sense of self, it requires you also to have the ability to view yourself, I'm going to say, in the same way, despite the fact that sometimes you don't actually behave exactly the way that you want to. So you might have some, I'm going to say, um, not contraindication, that's a medical term, <laughs> contradictory ways. So you might be behaving in some contradictory ways, but yet, you know, that's not really who I am, okay? Because you really have a clear sense of identity, which is really interesting because oftentimes what happens for us as survivors, especially during, I'm going to say, our coping mechanism stages, and we're doing things in order to cope with the pain and to numb the pain. And what happens is oftentimes we actually relate that as our identity. And this is one thing I'm also, I'm, uh, you guys <laughs> remember, I was working with one individual, right? And I said, so, you know, since you've labeled, you've labeled yourself as this, whatever that it is, uh, who says that you are? Where is that coming from? Right. And it was they kind of started laughing when I gave them the scenario because they're like, you know what? You're you're right. Yeah. Is that really who I am? Uh, are those just the coping mechanisms that I'm using to actually deal with the pain? So identity is kind of I'm going to say broad. Right. So it includes many aspects of of yourself. And so your sense of self, your identity is thought to include, I'm going to say, some of the, the elements. So he's like, hey, T, how would we, if we were working this and we were talking about a clear sense of identity, what would be some of um, the elements of that? And I would say um, your beliefs and your attitudes would be a sense of your identity, your perception of your abilities, okay, your perception of your abilities. And so your real abilities, right, because sometimes – you know, you're working with individuals and they're like, uh, I don't know if you really have that level of that ability, right? And so, but you have a real perception of what your abilities are. I'm going to say um, your ways of behaving. That's going to be also a sense of your identity. You know, even as some of them change, right? So as we're working through things, oftentimes survivors moving to the thriving stage will notice that their ways of behaving actually changes. And so then think of this also as it can be dynamic, but still underneath there's kind of, you know, this, uh, I'm going to say core. There's this core that is there. Um, when we're talking about having that clear sense of identity, the, the elements also are just going to be your personality and your temperament. Okay, so those pieces. Now, I will say that from my experience in coaching and working with individuals, the personality is usually there, but sometimes the temperament changes. And so as we're working through stuff and we're starting to um, produce, I'm going to say, more freedom, more relief, you know, the burden is being lifted off the individual, I notice that oftentimes there's a shift also in the temperament. And the reason I say shift, because sometimes I feel like um, people actually just, they're shifting back to who they really are, as opposed to the way that they've been dealing you know, with the stress and anxiety uh, of the trauma in their life in that um, arrested state. 
um, other elements, you know, your opinions, right? Your opinions, and then even the social roles that you play, right? And so those are all elements. Now, what happens when we're talking about a clear sense of identity and being arrested, when it is arrested because of, when it is arrested in that state of a development, sometimes what we call is, we call that identity disturbance, okay? That's just a nice way to say, you know, arrested or it's, it's not where it could be or should be, okay? And so sometimes that identity disturbance, it then goes into what they call identity diffusion, okay? I'm not going to get into to all that, but just realize. And so some people, let's just say, for example, they might describe it as having difficulties understanding, you know, where they end and the other person begins. So when I hear people using that type of, of language, in our coaching, you know, so then it kind of just raises something for us. And then we start kind of diving into it. Okay, so has the person's kind of sense of identity been ar- ar- arrested? Is it in this arrested development stage? Okay, where are some other areas? Okay, now these are, right, these are from the coaching session that I had. So one of the other things I noticed with this individual, for him, one of the states we're talking about that can be arrested is just the whole idea of, of self-compassion. Okay, self-compassion. Now, I know we think that when we hear, you know, um, self-compassion, and you're like, well, you know, okay, psychology. Um, but if I'm not mistaken, I believe that um, self-compassion, when actually it was, it was, um, was it Buddhist psychology that it was, that it was drawn from? Uh, I don't know. I'll have to go back and get, and get my books. But so when we're talking about self-compassion. We're not talking about the same thing as like self-esteem or self-confidence. Instead, it's it's a way of actually thinking about yourself. And so it's a way of being or a way of treating yourself. And so this it's interesting because I even remember, you know, doing some uh, some exercises, exercises with Dr. Spock or Scotty, uh, where we actually had to work on the whole idea of being right as opposed to doing and oftentimes it's difficult because we live in a society of transaction. Everything is kind of, of a transaction. So it, everything becomes a transaction as opposed to a being, okay, or a way of being. And sometimes because of the way that we treat our, ourselves, when we're looking through that view, what's been stunted for us is the self-compassion, the self-compassion. And so when we think about self-compassion, so it's going to involve, you know, treating yourself. I'm going to say just like you would treat your friends, your families, you know, or members, even when they fail or screw up. Okay. Now we're assuming that most things are, we're going to say somewhat normal, right? Cause there are some people, they have some different ideas of what's, of what's going on and the way that they treat people. But self-compassion means that, the way I treat myself is the same way that I would treat friends and family, even when they screw up. So just think about it. If you have kids, how would you treat your kids? Okay. How would, if you had compassion, how would you treat your kids when they fail and when they screw up? Okay. So then the thing is when we're talking about being in that arrested development, do we give ourselves? I'm going to say that same compassion, self-compassion, right? Or are we just really, really hard on ourselves? Well, if that's one of the areas that's been arrested in the development, 
due to when it happens within, I'm going to say, the, the timing of the sexual abuse, that might be an issue. And then the last one for us to, to think about, because I know my 20 minutes are already over, and from a neuroscience perspective, hopefully you're still listening because <laughs> you're 20 minutes, your brain's like, okay, we're done. Um, but the other one I'm going to say that can be arrested is just self-protection. Okay, so being self-protected, in other words, you become very guarded, okay, very guarded, and you're very protective. You're very protective of your feelings. You're very protective of your ideas. Now, let's not confuse this with the whole, um, I'm going to say the opposite side, self-protection kind of versus vulnerability, right, because vulnerability. Ability means that I'm opening up myself to be seen fully. Okay, so I'm allowing myself. So my flaws and all are there. Okay, and then usually when you're being vulnerable, it's it's kind of unconsciously, right? And oftentimes maybe because of something we've experienced in the past, but we're willing to to share that. Whereas the self protective part is the guarded part. It's where I'm, I'm putting up the barrier walls. I'm not allowing the feelings, how I'm feeling and, and the ideas actually to come forth. And so our self-protection mechanism, um, let's, let me see if I'm trying to think when I was doing in the coaching session, um, might be something like, okay, so, um, oh yeah, if I were to open up uh, myself and really tell you who I am, you wouldn't like me or you would probably leave me. Okay. So that's what we mean by, by the self, by the self protection. And so what it is, it's a fear. Okay. So it's based, it's based in fear. And that fear of course reinforces the idea that maybe we are only being liked or we're being loved when we either show up in a certain way, we have to act a certain way so I can't be vulnerable in that case because I can't show you all my flaws and those different um, type of things, right? And so then what this does, it actually creates, a, I'm going to say, a disconnect um, to the reality of being human, right, because of that. Woo, man, I try and pack a lot of insight within those 20, within those 20 minutes, but... That's what comes off the top of my brain usually when I'm I'm working with an individual uh, that we're coaching and stuff. And then, you know, whatever, I'm taking my notes and stuff. I'm like, okay, you know what? Let's just kind of – so you guys get a debrief, I guess, is, is what it is. You get a debrief of the coaching session that I just had with someone and kind of what came up. And then hopefully, you know, if there's some nuggets in there for, for you to, to think about or to grasp on – then if it gives you some insight and we can accelerate your healing, bam, great job. And sometimes it's just even hearing the idea that someone else is dealing with some of these things. All right, guys, I think that's going to be it for today. Hey, make sure you go up to the website, safeplaceformen.com, right? And you'll notice just a little different uh, change. You know, of course, I've got a few more videos up there and um, – yeah, just changing the website a little bit. Hey, but now I've really, for those of you that are actually doing the programs, I made it a little bit easier for you. So you can go up to the website under programs and you can pick out the program that you want to um, actually engage in. So if you want to do the insiders tier, you can do that. If you want to do breaking my abuse code, 
um, you know, you can hit the, the link there and start start the process. Or if you want to do the transform, like F-O-R-M, right? So you guys remember that freedom, opportunity, resiliency, and manifest. That's what the last form stands for. And remember, for those programs, for some of those programs, scholarships are available. Yes. Yeah, so, you know me, um, ask, right? So there's no excuse. There's no excuse for not asking and just, hey, is there something available for this? You never know until you actually ask. And it's funny because uh, some of the scholarships, because, um, you know, some of the, the individuals, they kind of, they're, they, they want to pay it forward, you know, so they're like, man, I got all this relief and stuff going through the program. Uh, I want to give back. And so they'll give scholarships and stuff. But after working with me, one of the things that they'll put in the clause is like, okay, want to help someone with the scholarship, but they have to be willing to ask for it. Right. So make sure that you're always asking. So, yep, go up to the website and you can see some of those things. And as far as the digital magazine, so we've got some individuals and stuff in the in the back that are working on some articles that are going to go in our first episode, which comes out in September. So if you want to get your subscription for that, which comes out three times uh, per year digital, feel free to do that. Like I said, we're just trying to create as many resources as possible to help you. And then also working on thanks to my peoples in uh, Canada up there, uh, thinking about possibly doing some um, workshop retreats coming up in the future. And so I might be actually going up uh, to meet with some of those and then just take a look at some other retreat places uh, that we can actually use for those workshops. But once again, you got to ask, say, hey, T, we we got anything, you know, kind of in, in the pipe coming up? And I can say, yeah, uh, we do kind of, but, you know, we like to have at least a certain number of guys there, you know, for us to interact and to work with. So feel free. If you got any questions, just simply contact me, safeplaceformen at gmail.com. Send that question, that inquiry, whatever it is, and take whatever the next step is for you to tape take that is a tape i think i did take for you to take all right i think this this cooler weather is going to my head because i'm enjoying it so much i'm just so giddy today all right you guys so have a great weekend and we will talk to you soon and remember someone here cares about you on this end of this microphone and there's always a safe place all right guys until our next time 